understand those things, she added. He now suspected that the subject had been closed. Paula must have decided they had spent more than enough time on this. Come on, you know my father hates people to be late, she said. They moved away from the bookstore. When they reached the bottom of the bridge, she stopped and glanced up at his face. You know, she began, you're really very much like Henry James. Brunetti did not know whether to be flattered or offended. Over the years, fortunately, he had at least ceased to wonder, upon hearing the comparison, whether he needed to reconsider the foundations of their marriage. You want to understand things, Guido. It's probably why you're a policeman. She looked thoughtful after saying this. But you also want other people to understand those things. She turned away and continued up the bridge. Over her shoulder, she added, Just as he did. Brunetti allowed her to reach the top of the bridge before calling after her, Does that mean I'm really meant to be a writer, too? How nice it would be if she answered yes. She dismissed the idea with a wave of her hand, then turned to say, It makes you interesting to live with, though. Better than being a writer, Brunetti thought, as he followed after her. Brunetti glanced at his watch as Paola reached up to ring the bell beside the portone of her parents' home. All these years and you don't have a key? he asked. Don't be a goose, she said. Of course I have a key, but this is formal, so it's better to arrive like guests. Does that mean we have to behave like guests? Brunetti asked. Whatever answer Paola might have given was cut off as the door was opened by a man neither of them recognized. He smiled and pulled the door fully open. Paola thanked him, and they started across the courtyard towards the steps that led to the palazzo. No livery, Brunetti said in a shocked whisper. No periwigs? My God, what's the world coming to? Next thing you know, the servants will be eating at the high table, and then the silver will start to disappear. Where will it all end? With Luciana running after your father with a meat cleaver? Paula stopped in her tracks and turned to him, silent. She gave him a variation on the look, her only recourse in his moments of verbal excess. See, si, tesoro? he asked in his sweetest voice. Let's stand here for a few moments, Guido, while you use up all of your humorous remarks about my parents' place in society, and when you've calmed down, we'll go upstairs and join the other guests, and you will behave like a reasonably civilized person at dinner. How does that sound to you? Brunetti nodded. I like it, especially the part about reasonably civilized. Her smile was radiant. I thought you would, dear. She started up the steps to the entrance to the main part of the palazzo, Brunetti one step behind. Paola had accepted her father's invitation some time before and explained to Brunetti that Conte Falier had said he wanted his son-in-law to meet a good friend of the Contessa. Though Brunetti had come over the years to accept without question his mother-in-law's love, 
He was never sure of just where he stood in the Conte's estimation. Whether he was viewed as a jumped-up peasant who had stolen in and made off with the affections of the Conte's only child, or a person of worth and ability. Brunetti accepted the fact that the Conte was entirely capable of believing both things simultaneously. Another man, whom neither of them recognized, stood at the top of the steps and opened the door to the palazzo with a small bow, allowing its warmth to spill out towards them. Brunetti followed Paola inside. The sound of voices came down the corridor from the main salone that looked across the Grand Canal. The man took their coat silently and opened the door of an illuminated closet. Glancing inside, Brunetti saw a single, long fur coat hanging by itself at the end of one of the racks, isolated either by its value or by the sensibilities of the man who had hung it there.